What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It has been a while, but sure enough, we are back. Noah Hiles, Alex Stump, River Blast Podcast. Alex, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. It has been a hot minute, and the Pirates haven't been playing in said hot minute, but there was baseball that took place since the last time we spoke. Technically. And uh, I guess that's how we'll open up the show here. River Blast Podcast off-season talk uh, is what we're about to get into. But before that, let's talk about the postseason. Unfortunately, the Pirates weren't a part of it. Um, but Alex, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you give this past postseason? Honestly, a 3? Uh, I was going to say like a 4.1. Um, <laughs> point one? Yeah, four point one. I don't go. I don't go round numbers. Uh, not even point five. No, no, no. Definitely not. Then I'll get mine a three point one four one five nine. Okay. Two, six. All right. But um, yeah. Looking back on it, uh, there were a couple exciting games in the NLCS. The ALCS had one really good game. Um, the World Series had one, well, two in one day, I guess. If you eighteen inning game. Uh, yeah. Aside from that, it was pretty cut and dry. The team that was the best team in baseball all year ran through the postseason and mm-hmm. dominated. It was kind of cool to see the Red Sox-Yankees play each other in the postseason, but, I mean, man, has that rivalry just flipped. It's not a rivalry anymore. I mean, it's, it is. It, it is. It stopped being a rivalry whenever Johnny Damon cut his hair to go to the Yankees. No. That's whenever it stopped being No, one. because there's been Yankees... In there, Red there's, Sox. Been there's been fights. guys that okay, Boston. a Dempster will throw it A Rod or whatever, but you can't have this inbreeding among your teams there's and been still call of yourselves who a play for both before Johnny Damon and after. But Johnny Damon was the guy. He was the guy who wanted it. He was part of the idiots. He was the yeah. biggest idiots on that 04 Boston team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, no, that's still rivalry, I think. And I think that. It, it's, if anything, it's not as much as just, it was. No, I think that you're going to see it become more hectic now. Because Boston is now the big brother, and it's it's just a different dynamic. It, it probably lit a fire under the Yankees' butts, which is why they're talking about Paxton and Corbin and Corey Kluber, Kluber and, and everyone yeah. in this. I mean, yeah, that, I think that that there were potential really great storylines this this postseason. And you know what the sad thing is, the two best storylines were Eovaldi just losing his damn mind in yeah. pitching. I mean, my Going goodness. That he, game you think three he game, made himself some money? Yeah, he absolutely did. Yeah. Good for him. But you know what? I wouldn't give him that money because that elbow already has two Tommy Johns on but it. But hey, someone's going to. Yeah, someone's going to. Dude deserves to get paid. That yeah. game three performance is one of the gutsiest performances in baseball history. Mm-hmm. And then the second best storyline <laughs> was Manny Machado just cementing himself as baseball's the heel. heel. He and is you know the what? heel of baseball. To get on that... I'm, I mean, I I hate seeing people play the way Muchado plays, but at the same time, that's how a sport grows. Yeah, there's nothing better for sports than a rival or than a than a heel. Yeah, I mean, like the greatest pro wrestler of all time, for most people, will say is like Ric Flair, who was a heel for a large part of his career. You look at how rivalries are built. Steelers Bengals shouldn't be a rivalry. Statistically, it's not. The Steelers own it, them. It's not a rivalry, but we except hate for the fact that three people die every time yes, they play. Because there, there's a heel there. Ray Lewis was a heel. You know, every 
every great storyline, normally, there's a protagonist and an antagonist. And mm-hmm. Manny Machado being the heel of Major League Baseball, that's good for the game. He has to go to the Yankees now, He's right? got to go to he the really Yankees. He really has to just full or, out embrace you know, it. going wherever he goes next. I don't want him to stay in L.A. Because L.A. is a There's place... There's no reason for him to. Yeah, well, with that and... Isn't Seager out next year? No, I think Seager will be back. Uh, I, thought, I, I haven't kept up to date, so yeah, but anyway, call me out if I'm wrong, but um, I think he'll be back next year. They need second baseman, LA, so I guess they LA could the put place, Turner to second, but LA is the place that you can hate them, but it's 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 just different than hating New York or Philadelphia. Because you yeah. can hate LA, but like LA doesn't even care. You know, like in a different way. Where LA just it's like we don't care about sports. You know, we like the Dodgers because the blue looks good with our eyes. The blue hat matches our outfit. But there when you have a heel Dodger on the Yankees, out there. when you have a heel on the Yankees or the Phillies or, you know, wherever he goes, I hope it's an East Coast market because that's where it's going to grow the game. Yeah. And the game has been so regional in the past, you know, however long, since the 90s, really. And... To have a universally hated player like Manny Machado, A-Rod kind of took on that role, I think, a little bit. A-Rod was definitely the heel of baseball, especially once... Barry Bonds was. Biogenesis came out. Yeah, Barry Bonds was. I mean, Ryan Braun, would some some would say, kind of was a little Uh, bit. Braun was just a heel for a year, though. Yeah. Um, But to have that guy... Heels in baseball went from, like, Bonds to A-Rod to, I guess, Braun, but... Then not really because he decided to suck. Yeah. After he stopped juicing up. Yeah. Shocker. And then uh, Machado. Mm-hmm. And before that, maybe Kinsenko. I mean, Barnes? before that, and then you go like Pete Rose. Like there's, yeah. there's always that guy that if he's on your team, you love him, and if not, you hate him. And mm-hmm. baseball needs that. And Manny Machado is going to be that guy. So you mentioned that as a postseason storyline, Evaldi. Let's talk about another reoccurring theme, and it seemed to happen in every round. A former pirate just loses their damn mind. <laughs> every round it was going on, Alex. I mean... It, it was Eric Kratz in the NLDS for yes. the Brewers. It was... Brock Holt in the DS, too. Brock Holt, he just had the one awesome game. But still... Kratz was the entire series. But yeah. yes, yes. Uh, Pierce... In the World Series, yeah. wins the freaking World, World Series, Series MVP, Steve Pierce. We want to talk about another guy who is going to get paid. Steve Pierce, in May, was wondering if he was going to be playing Major League Baseball yeah. in 2019. Now, he will be making a decent chunk. I mean, yeah, he's not going to get, get a huge deal. He'll get overpaid. He's going to get overpaid. I mean, let's be, let's be realistic here. Steve Pierce... Grand scheme of things, today is an average ball player. At best. At best. But you know what? For that two, three series, whatever it mattered the most, he did hit like an MVP. Yeah. Which you got to get a couple extra million tacked on for just that. But yeah, going through the postseason, as I was kind of talking about before, there were so many potentials. There's so much potential for so many good storylines. Like Yankees, Red Sox, had that went five, that would have been awesome. Had the Brewers... Matched up against the Red Sox in the World Series. Small market versus big market. The team that's won three world championships since 04 versus the team that's never won a World Series. You know, there was was all of that possibility. And all that really came out of it was a couple surprise former ex-Pirates reviving their careers. And Manny Machado just looking like a complete ass. 
I, it was sad. We only had one series that went to an elimination game. Mm -hmm. All the five-game series were done in three or four games. Yep. All the other series. The was, wild card game, yeah. the National League wild card game was good. Honestly, the best game, the game that I enjoyed watching the most, that was the most entertaining wasn't even a playoff game. It was game 163 with the Cubs, Cubs and Brewers. Yeah, that was That a was one. a good back and forth no, I game. I think the best postseason game was, um, if it's not the World Series game three, they won 18 nobody innings. Nobody watched all that. I, I, I did. You did? I watched every single. Oh, no, I covered, I fell I covered asleep. a football I, game. Whenever I saw Nunez slide in the first base, it's like, all right, I'm tired. I'm going to I, bed. Um, I, watched, I, I never I think, do that, but I was. Fifth <laughs> inning through the 18th, I watched. But I think the best game that. We saw this postseason was Game Three of the ALCS. That's the Mookie Betts controversy, okay, okay, controversial yeah, that was catch, the best one. and then it ended with Ben Benatendi making that fantastic, that ballsy play in the field. I mean, there were that was I think that reminded me of last year's World Series, where it yeah. was back and forth. You know, we're gonna hit you with our hardest punch, and then they respond right back. And I mean, there, there, that was just an awesome baseball game, and I was hoping that's what that series would turn out to be more of, but it didn't. Yeah, and I guess that's the disappointing thing because the last year's World Series, classic. The year before that, even more classic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dodger, not Dodgers, uh, Royals, Royals Mets. Mets that was disappointing. Yes, but before the one before that, that Giants, seven Royals. games, yes. seven games. What before that? Cardinals, Red Sox, which was a crazy yeah, the series. The cop raising his arms when the guy fell over the fence. It, it was a crazy yeah. series, also, where Colton Wong gets picked off to end a game. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were we were spoiled. Yeah, I we mean, were we spoiled. were due for one. We were due for one. We, we, yeah, we were due for a clunker, but. I don't know. Whenever it was Red Sox, Dodgers, who were had the two most talented rosters in baseball. Yeah. Or at least the most talented in the AL and the most talented in the NL. Yeah. It just, it wasn't even close. Yep. Uh, any other final thoughts here on the postseason as we wrap up our postseason talk, Alex? Nah, let's get on to Pirates stuff again. Alrighty, so that was our postseason talk. We're going to move on to what we've missed from the Pirates since we've last spoken to you. Enjoy. Alright Alex, now let's get into the Pirates and what they have been up to lately. Um, not much going on. I guess, and you can really pretty much say that for any team that didn't make it to the World Series. It's it's been a while for any huge news, but there are some storylines. Uh, we'll go in order, really. The Pirates fire their hitting coach. Yeah, thoughts it, on that move? It's overdue. I mean, yeah, he was not a very popular person, you know, online. Basically, anyone who followed the team would blame Jeff Branson for a lot of the offensive struggles the last couple of years. Yeah. Now, granted, except for 2017, in Branson's tenure, the Pirates have been an above-average offense Yeah, every year. But... It needed to happen. It needed to happen. Jake Smale, who's a writer at uh, the Point of Pittsburgh, put up a great quote from 2017 in like April 
where Branson basically said, like, I don't know how launch angles work. It's like, how do you not know how launch angles work? If you go to a batting cage, the angle that the ball leaves the bat is a launch angle. You're a hitting coach! Side note, side note. I think I discovered launch angle in, like, 2011. 2011. Because, so... Preach. Good, all right, story time here. Back in the glory days, Burgettstown High School... Our coaches, anytime it was under about 60 degrees, it was too cold to practice outside. So we would always, we'd just practice in like the middle school gym. Our high school and middle school are connected. So we'd be practicing in there and we did, we had like little stations where like we had a batting cage in our gym and then, you know, there'd be one area where we'd like play pepper. There was another area where we like did workouts. And then there was one area in the corner where we would do soft toss into this net. And um, we'd always do it right above, right above us where we'd do it in the corner was this clock, this analog clock. And the one time they were like, it'd be real funny if someone busted that clock. And I was like, I could totally bust that. And they're like, oh, wow, how? Like, there's a net in front. I'm like, dude, like, I just got to angle my swing. And sure enough, launch angle, boom, busted that clock. That was my sophomore year. My junior year, come back into the gym. There's a cage around that clock. Your boy still managed to bust that clock again. <laughs> I mean, that's like, now that I've said that out loud, I feel like I'm a douche, but like. <laughs> They're, you're going to get a bill for two clocks Yeah, Burgettown High School, send me an invoice. No, not really. Uh, but yeah, I think I discovered Launch Angle. I don't know how it got out, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm the caveman who. Tom Tango is like, <laughs> you see this guy? I'm the guy, I'm the guy who. Like, I'm the caveman who accidentally made a fire and was like, I don't know what the hell I just did, but that was crazy. And then walked away from it, and then someone else discovered fire like two years later, and now I'm just like, wait a second. I, I should have trademarked I, oh, it. Oh my goodness, yeah. I made a Noah. So, exactly. <laughs> so, you're welcome for Long Chain Goal. Oh, thank you. I could be the pirate sitting coach. But instead they hired, not David Eckstein. Who is it? Rick. Rick Eckstein. Yes. Not the same person. No. Oh. Not to how my wild would that be? If In fairness, did... I have not talked to Rick yet. It very well could be David Eckstein I mean, with like a fake mustache. How wild would that be if like David Eckstein just like, no, um, you can call me Rick. <laughs> and like people just like he actually is the pirate hitting coach and people, you know. Have we ever seen Rick and David in the same room? That... <laughs> Are they related? I would assume, right? Yeah, they have to be. Let me look I, it up. I think they're brothers. So while I look this up, Alex, uh, what do you know about Rick Eckstein? Uh, he has something that I like. Okay, he is the older brother. He's the older brother, yeah. Of Major Leaguer David Eckstein. And Rick so Eckstein is an alumnus of the University of Florida. And you know what? He has a degree in? What? Kinesiology. Ooh, kinesiology, the study of muscles. Yes. And Which is very big. I, I like that a lot. Okay, former scout. I'm going to steal a quote here. All right, what do you got? This is me? from uh, uh, Adam Berry. You can tell how much we put into uh, yes, this is, our Rick this Eckstein is all yes. uh, analysis here. But this is from uh, Adam Berry. He, did a, he, had, he talked to Eckstein. Okay. And Eckstein said, I've always looked at hitting more from a movement-based process than just a swing. Oh. That is a very, very good mindset to have as mm. a hitting coach, in my opinion. Especially whenever you look at someone like Josh Bell, whose body moves in ways that it should not move. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think this is a good hire in that 
sense. He's already been a hitting coach before with the Nationals. It didn't work out well, but you know what? I, I am more than intrigued. Intrigued. Eckstein or Branson for 2019. It's 2018 now. Yeah. I think it's no contest. You want Eckstein. Uh, fun fact, he donated a right kidney really? to his other brother, Ken, who is currently suffering from renal, renal, renal disease. Oh, renal disease? Dude, I'm not even confident that I said kinesiology. <laughs> kinesiology is kinesiology, how you say it. Well, I I I wig that one. But so he's got I'm, one kidney. I'm one for one, man. You know I'm what he kidding. also has is uh, it looks like a bronze medal in the 2008 Olympics. So, this is all you need to know about Rick Eckstein. And in his profile man. picture on Wikipedia, guess who he's talking to in it? Who? The troops. Looks like a man in uniform next to him. Rick West. Don't know who that is, but there we go. 45 years old. He's a young guy. As far as co- the coaching staff's concerned, I'm looking forward to meeting him. And all yeah, seriousness. I am too. Uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's not like when you hire a hitting coach, unless if they like hired like Barry Bonds or something, like a former player. Even then, it's like Barry Bonds was a hell of a hitter, but until we actually like see results of their work, we don't know how good this guy is. No. The interview that the quote you just gave was very I mean that was valuable analysis. That, that's a great quote. If you're gonna take away anything from this, you know, rift of like five plus minutes that we've been on on this guy, uh, it would be that more than anything else. But um, it is interesting. It's a it's a, it's cool to see how fast they move. Like they clearly had this guy in mind from the moment they fired Branson, yeah. because normally this is something that. I expected the Pirates to not hire anyone for another month at least. And they they really got that spot filled quick before the most important parts of the offseason were underway. So let's move on to the next thing now. Any other things we need to talk about with Rick Eckstein? No. No, I think— You sure? Kentucky Wildcat. Um, yeah, I, I don't got anything else. <laughs> At least you pulled up the Wikipedia page. I I'm did. Just... I did. Shout out Wikipedia. All right. So next thing, um, the Pirates declined to pick up the options for two players, um, arguably the polar opposites when it comes to reputation off the field. Uh, Josh Harrison, a guy, played his whole career in Pittsburgh, 2011 rookie season, two-time All-Star, uh, one of the staple players when we look back at that uh three-year playoff run that they had and then so he's more than likely I mean if he were to come back it would be on a much cheaper deal yes. but I just don't see that happening and uh Jung Ho Gung who they declined his option uh if you followed the Pirates remotely at all which I'm assuming everyone listening does because why else would you be listening to this unless you want to hear the wonderful sound of Alex's voice um Jung Ho Gung. And I don't think either of these moves were surprising. I think some people were hoping. Like, Jung Ho Gung has such a cult following. He really does. And um, some people were just hoping that they would, like, give him, what was he entitled to, like $5 million? Five and a half. It's like, yeah. no, don't, no. don't give him he's that. Pl- he's because had even five backs in two years. Even if you want Jung Ho back. You could sign him to a minor league deal. Yes. That, and, and you know what? That $5 million, you could give it to him as just performance. Yeah. Or yeah, you could per plate do, do whatever you want with that five million, but that's that was that's what I asked when cash. I hosted the pregame show. 
um, I asked Jack, I was like, do you think, is there ever a, a like, in the world of baseball, Jack Sarenzik, former GM, um, is there ever, like, an under-the-table kind of deal, like, an understanding, like, hey, we're not going to pay you this because, quite frankly, you don't deserve it. Um, we stuck with you through the darkest time of your life. So we're not going to give you this option, but we're going to make you another deal, and you're going to accept it. Cool? And he was like, ah, I mean, they could say that, but if someone else offers Jung Ho yeah. more than that, then he's going to probably take that, right? But who who else besides Pittsburgh would want to take a risk on a guy like this? Oh, well, Do you think someone would? I, I think if it's a minor league deal, most teams would be willing so, to. But, but if you're the Pirates, did you ever watch Drive? No. All right, well, there's a scene where Ryan Gosling has a hammer. And he takes a guy and he drags him. Is that the one where he has the music playing the whole time? That's Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Yeah. Never mind. Drive has better music. Okay. Uh, but uh, Gosling has a hammer and he drags a, drags the guy across the floor and his hammer's in the guy's mouth and he's just dragging him through like the roof of his mouth. I feel like the Pirates, if they did that and they dragged Gung to a table that had a minor league contract on it, it's like you, you owe us, man. You wouldn't even be in the country if it wasn't for yeah, us trying for, for two damn years to get you back here, man. You, I mean, I, I hate saying that, you know, that player ever owes the team because they they don't they but, don't yeah they don't. And hometown discounts are stupid and propaganda by you know billionaire owners so they can hang on to just a few more million dollars. Mm. But in this very rare case. The player probably does owe the team. Not even the—I mean, he does owe the front office because Huntington could have easily bashed him. Because—and no one would have blamed him because he was a good find. He was a great find. He was a great find, and Huntington—he made Huntington look good. But then whenever he screwed over the team, Huntington could have just said, yeah, screw this guy. I'm done. But, you know— there was never one bad thing said about him on broadcasts, on by the uh, at a press conference, by the manager, the GM, by Coonley, by anyone. And more than anyone else, I think Gung owes 2019 to his teammates. And I know there aren't yeah. a lot of those guys remaining from when he played here. And there's Cervelli. That's the only one that matters. Cervelli and him are there. I mean, they're very close. And. Yeah, I don't know how much, how well he's probably not that close with like Josh Bell, who was up in sixteen for a little bit. In uh, you know, Marte and him probably aren't the closest, but Hurdle was here, you know. And there are a lot of people who were in that clubhouse, maybe not even players, but you know, the training staff, the clubbies, you know, the bad boys, stuff like that, who were a part of his everyday life. And they didn't turn their back on him. And I ho- I just hope he remembers that. And I'm not going to be, like, you know, Deb on the south side. You can't take it with you, Le'Veon! Or whatever. Like, I'm not going to be like that. But, I mean, this is a place, I think if he is going to be playing Major League Baseball next year, uh, he should definitely be, his ears should be more perked up to Pittsburgh's offers than anyone yes. else. If the Pirates have an interest in him. Um... When when is the decision with Jordy Mercer coming? Oh, 
I mean, he's a free agent now. Oh, is he unrestricted? I yeah, thought he's he had unrestricted. An no. Oh, okay. No. Never mind. All right. So I guess the final piece of news to cover is uh, we have an award winner, which coming into this year, I would have been shocked if there was anybody winning any type of award from the Pittsburgh Pirates, especially a gold glove. I guess Marte. Marte winning a gold glove. Marte's a gold glove left fielder and a good defensive center fielder. Yeah. But Corey Dickerson, a gold glove award winner. Wow. Alex, thoughts? Honestly, if he would have told me whenever the Pirates got Dickerson that one of two things would happen this year, that either Dickerson would win a gold glove playing in PNC Park left field, or that the Pirates would create Pizza Penny and Pizza Penny would win the pierogi races that's this right. year. That's right. I would say, you know, I'm going with the pierogi on this one. I don't know if that's actually on the table, but yeah. Did she win it all or was it Hannah? I thought it was Penny. I got to go through. I... I, back to the archives. All right, one of the two. But you know what? It's It was ridiculous. This is a guy who was an outfielder, not an outfielder, a DH all yeah. of last year. And he did really good. You know what? The Pirates played him deeper. Than most left fielders, he was good at coming in on the ball. He, We all know about the arm. The arm was really surprising. I think teams just had it in the scouting report earlier in the year that, oh, he can't throw, just tried to take that extra base. Then he threw out a couple guys and, you know, plenty of times, runner held up at second base rather than trying to go to third. They got scared of him. The assists would have been so much higher if he had not been so dominant throwing out runners at the beginning of the year. You know what this whole thing with Dickerson tells me is that there's no excuses. Like, beforehand, you would always say, oh, we can't move him to another position. Like, for Frazier. You know, you had the idea, we should play Frazier at shortstop more. Yes, I'm going to talk about that later and, also. Or, you know, moving guys to first base. And midseason moves, yeah, I could see why that's a problem. But if Corey Dickerson can go from DH to below average glove in the outfield to gold glove award winner and one off season's worth of work. Corey Dickerson is not Ozzie Smith or no. Jim Edmonds. You know, he is not like a, a once in a generation type fielder or he doesn't like possess ungodly skills on the baseball field. I mean, he's an above average major league baseball player, but every single one of these guys on the Pirates roster, should look at this and say, I'm going to work how he worked to get better at my position. Kevin Newman and Kevin Kramer should be doing that in this offseason. Yes. Especially Kevin Kramer should be learning shortstop and third base because he could have a better bat than Newman. Who knows? You know, there, there are outfielders who should be, like Osuna should be looking to get better in the outfield because, you know, he that might be his there spot. Might be or the only way he gets Josh into Bell the majors should take a page out of that playbook as well and learn how to play first base. Yes, Colin Moran should do that. Every single player defensively. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's I, that that should be the message. I don't know if the Pirates have an email chain or not, but like that should be like if Corey Dickerson can do this, you can do this. And you know, I'm not saying that they can make a transformation over one off season where they can be a gold glove caliber defender as well, but they can be better. Defense, I said this a couple podcasts ago, defense is one of those things 
where you can improve simply by putting more attention and effort into it. You can, you and I could go in a batting cage and we could work at it for years and we could still probably never hit a, a slider from a major league pitcher or something like that. You could drop the probably yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, there's a lot of aspects to baseball where you just need talent and then hard work plus the talent will get you better. But fielding is something where if you work at it, you will improve. Just plain and simple. Unless your body physically doesn't have the ability to cover the ground that is required for your position, you can get better defensively just by working at it. And that should be the main goal for everyone on this Pirates team, including Dickerson. Get better. Get better. Yeah, and I don't want to take anything away from the work that Dickerson put into it. If it this only happened because Dickerson worked his butt off. Yes, but he not only worked harder, he worked smarter, mm-hmm. and that goes back to you know you played him know, deeper than most left fielders. Know your know your skill set. Yes, and know so much of fielding is knowing where to be, mm-hmm. and then you will know how to be there when the action is happening, and that's like so much of it. It comes down to that, especially when you're playing 162 games in 20 different stadiums. You know, that's that's what it comes down to is just knowing where your body is going to be in the best position to make a play when a ball is hit to you. And Dickerson obviously took the initiative, and good for him. Good on him. He had, you know, his best average, I believe, at the plate, 300. I don't know if that's his career high or not. Um, it's still a 300 hitter. Which... He still, yeah, he still hit 300, and he won a gold glove. Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon did neither of those things. That's who this he year. essentially this replaced. Year. Yes, this year, correct. Oof. That would have got me in some trouble. <laughs> yes, Thank that would have. Um, all right, uh, Alex, any other um, final thoughts on what's been going on recently with the Pirates? I'm just hoping we're gonna do some off season talk next. Yes. And I'm hoping I just wanna put it right now that this is a much more active off season than it has been the last two years. It has years. to be. It it can't be slower. It can't be slower. It has to be. Let's talk about all these players that they won't sign. All right, let's do it. All right, Alex. It's the off season, but we still we still open the third part of our show the way the listeners want it. Everyone's favorite part. With a segment. Segment, segment time. In a buy, buy, sell, trade. Sell in a trade. That's how we do it. But because it's the off season and there are going to be plenty of trades to talk about, players that are going to be bought and sold, we're going to eliminate this from being about any Major League Baseball players specifically. Well, acquisitions. Acquisitions, exactly. So, Alex, you want to go first? Or you want me to? Yeah, I'll go first. All too. right, go ahead. Buy, sell, trade. What do you got? Uh, buying. This is something that you know really we got to see a lot of in the postseason. One of the few things that I did like was more embracing of positionless baseball. Okay. Which uh, called bullpenning. Especially with the Red Sox, whenever they would send in David Price or Chris Sale finished it off in Game mm-hmm. Five, even though he's gonna go Game Six, 
uh, Eovaldi a couple starts there. We saw with the Brewers, you know, they just moved their infield all around. Where Wade Miley, too. Wade Miley. Yeah, Wade Miley. That start, my goodness, that was a great play. It's a yeah. shame it didn't work because that would have gone down as one of the best managerial decisions ever if that yeah. would have worked out. But, yeah, I, I like it. I don't know if it's 100% ready for a 162-game season. No. But I I think it's a lot closer than people say that it is. With the right adjustments, it could be over 162-game season. We could see something like this. Uh, selling. <clears throat> uh, steamer is the projection uh, for next year. They do it every year. Fangraphs has it up now. Mm-hmm. They... Hate, 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 hate Trevor Williams. They will always hate Trevor Williams. I mean, poor Trevor. They looked at what he's done, you know, in his major league career. And they said, okay, we project him to have a 472 ERA and be worth one war next year. Which is garbage. They they hate Trevor because he gets flyouts and groundouts instead of strikeouts. No, no. I'm selling that. Trevor's going to do so much better than... If Trevor Williams finishes with an ERA higher than 472 next year, I... I don't know. What's a good... What's good stakes here? Jump in the Allegheny River. I will eat a Trevor Williams baseball card. How about that? Okay. Yeah. I would have said jump in the Allegheny River. (laughs) I'm doing the one that will be far less detrimental to my health. And, uh, trade... Jumping this, in a river is... The Allegheny River. I mean, we're not talking about the Mon. That's the, always the dirty one. They're all dirty. No. Yes, they are. Whatever. Continue. Okay. And the trade... My trade is kind of about player acquisitions, but it's a big... Uh, hang on. It would be a real shame if everyone tweeted at Alex and told him to jump in the Allegheny River if Trevor Williams had a bad year next year. You It'd be a real shame. If people remember it, one year from now, that Trevor Williams finished higher than a 4.72 ERA, and they can remember that figure. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, sure, I'll jump into the Allegheny. All right, trade. Uh, acquisition wise, nobody seems to be prioritizing power anymore. I mean, Moneyball took over and said that OBP is better than slugging, not it better than slugging, and it's better than batting average. And you can't really argue that. But I think teams are starting to value OBP so much that you look at a couple of these guys who are power hitters but don't get on a lot, and they are going to be dirt cheap this offseason. And I think Pirates, they could always use a little more power in the lineup. I, I think that could – I've got a couple power guys on this list that we're going to be talking about in a bit. So Ooh. that's a trend I would like to see the Pirates maybe exploit a little bit. Teams aren't valuing the slugging percentage anymore. Market inefficiency. All right, um, not bad, not bad. I would also like to see power, uh, obviously. Um, I just, like, to hit on that point, like, I feel like the teams who hit a lot of home runs, this is going to sound like five-year-old Noah analysis, the teams who hit a lot of home runs always win the World Series. Yes. Like, yes. the Boston Red Sox hit a lot of home runs. Astros last year. Astros. The Dodgers. Cubs. Hit a lot of home runs. And the Cubs stopped hitting home runs, and they haven't made it to the World Series. Nope. The Yankees won 100 games this year. They hit more home runs than anyone. Ever. Ever. Yeah. The Brewers hit a ton of home runs. They won the National League Central. They had the best record in the National League. Like, 
I just feel like that's like again, five year old. It's no five year old analysis, but, but it's, like, it's it's spot on. Yeah, hit a lot of freaking home runs. Yeah, it does well. It goes well. Two hundred forty solo shots are worth more runs than fifty grand slams. Whoa. I'm not a numbers guy, but I'll take your word for it. Just kidding. <laughs> um, my bell buy sell trade uh, a little bit actually far less elaborate than Alex's. Um, I'm buying some cake from Mrs. Dickerson. Uh, I don't know if you saw the picture he posted that on Instagram. That was a good-looking cake. That was incredible. She made him I had to double-take. It didn't look like a cake. Of the model of the Gold Glove Award. And, I mean, that's some, like, that's some Food Network stuff right there. Yeah. Very, very impressive. I mean... I, I'm just thankful that he won, because imagine making that cake oh, and then... Oh, <laughs> I know. Well, it's a silver glove for you, Corey. <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it, too, unless you're Corey Dickerson. Because his cake is of an award he won, and I'm sure he ate it. Good for him. Good. I would like to buy cake from her. I would like I would like to get a gold glove cake. I never won one, but I would like to buy one. She's a fun follow on Twitter if anyone's not. Speaking of uh, players' spouses, Chad Cools, I don't know, I think it's his wife, maybe his girlfriend. She liked a picture that I, of my, that I posted on Twitter from like five months ago. Don't know why. Just like a couple days ago, it was watch out, here, Chad. Here it, it was like no here, one's coming well, in the studio. Chad girl. in the picture. It was it, I like tweeted the picture and it says, "Here I am at interviewing Chad Cool, looking like he just told me my dog died." And like it's actually like my Twitter avatar, I think. And um, I have like this serious look on. My hair looks great in it though. That's why I made it my my avatar. <laughs> um, but she just liked it out of the blue. I'm like, who? Is this person? And then I saw no you and Jason follow her. No, 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 no. Come on now. He needs her for the road to recovery. Um, but 2020, watch out. No. Nah, <laughs> All right. I am selling. I'm. I'm willing to sell the naming rights of my first child if the Pirates are to bring in Francisco Lindor. I know that the Indians say they're not willing to shop him. I also know that the Indians are not af- uh, able to afford to keep him. And if they're really looking to burn this down, I tweeted the other day. I said, I'm willing to trade the entire uh, Altoona Curve roster and the naming rights to my firstborn child, which isn't coming anytime soon. But whenever it does, you got them all. You got Cole Tucker, you got Will Craig, and you got whatever you want my son's name to be. Point Park, I'll meet you at the intersection of real and world, Hiles. Dude, you could do whatever you want. You have want. to say the whole thing, too. That's fine. You like, have to you ever update the, the marketing. You ever watch the show The League? <laughs> yes. Yeah, where they like have the baby's name. It's like uh, Baby Ju- uh, uh, Jubacabra or something like that. What is it? <laughs> Batman? Oh, Chulupa Batman. That's it. <laughs> Chulupa that's Batman. Right. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm uh... willing to do. And my girlfriend... Who, again, not planning to have kids with anytime soon. We've been dating for three years, but that's just still not in not in the plans right now. No. Um, uh, she would not be thrilled. But she does, like, she does this... like Francisco Lindor. Yeah, well, she's not thrilled with the name. I mean, you could always go to Chad's girl. Hey, come on now. Alex, serious question. Yes. Francisco Lindor for the Altoona Curve. Who who says no first? Oh, the Indians. <laughs> That's so wild. You could give him the entire Syria, city of Altoona. <laughs> Sorry, Jared. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. And I am trading 
I just want to prepare everyone listening for 2019 because if there's one thing that annoys me with the Pirates, it's them over-celebrating their past just because, I mean, they did it like during their 20 years of losing to compensate for the fact that their team stunk. We are going to hear about the 79 World Series so damn much this upcoming year because it's the 40-year anniversary. We are going to see those star caps shoved in our faces. We are going to hear we are family. We are going to—it's going to be wild. And don't get me wrong. That is probably the best team in Pirates history right then and there as far as, like, being recognized. The most recognizable one. Yeah, recognizable. You know, that's—everyone looks at the, you know, Lightning and Lumber Company and, like, the 60s teams had a lot of talent on them, whatever the case is. When when people from outside of Pittsburgh think of the most successful Pirates team or whatever, that's the first one that comes to mind, is that 79 team with Willie Stargell, Dave Parker, you know, everyone else. After 2019, I'm done with the 70s uniforms. I'm done with the 71 uniforms. Give me the 90s cursive and pinstripes. I want that. I want that. It's time to move on. It's it's been over twenty years. We can start going to the retros. Let's do it. Alex, thoughts? I'm I'm too enamored with the seventies unis. Oh come I, on, I really... man! It's not like we're the Phillies and we got like the sweet baby blue ones or something. Like it, we've we've done this. We've done this. I'm waiting. You know but what? I'm, I'm not done with it yet. Oh come on, I'm move not on. Done with it. I mean, you know what? I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for. I'm looking forward to. In hmm. thirty years from now, when they do the throwback to the red uniforms, <laughs> the Freddie Sanchez red sleeveless with the black undershirt. God, what that? That's the epitome of like the Kevin Clatchy era. Kevin McClatchy era. Yeah, I mean that's right at the end, right? Yeah, something. I mean, that's just what I think. Yeah, that's. David nah. Littlefield era. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's my buy-sell trade. Thoughts, Alex? Uh, like the buy. Chalupa Batman, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, No, I'm not done with the 70s, though. I, I mean, maybe I'll feel differently after the 29... Let's see how hard they go with recognizing the 79 team. Because not to sell... They're very... going to go hard. They are going to go hard because... Not to sound too pessimistic here, but that was an old team. That wasn't a team of 20-somethings mm-hmm. like the 1960 team was. That was an old team in their 30s. They're going to be in their 70s now. They party, Not a whole lot of them will be around for the 50th that. anniversary. Yeah, they, this they, is going to be their last they had some real fun. milestone that this team is going to be. They had some fun. In, yeah. Uh, you know, with the mascot and whatnot, that group they they really got after. That was it too. that was a little after. Yeah, but I mean, that roster was probably still. You don't think so. they were partying pretty hard? Seventy nine Pirates, come on. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it pains you to admit that. I I think they were a little more legal back in seventy nine. How about that? Mm. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's whatever. Let's find out. Let's move on. To, yeah, I just want to transfer. Uh, you know. I want to just move forward to a much more pure era of baseball, the early 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> nothing happened there. No yeah. warts, no steroids. Yeah, nothing like that. All right. So, Alex, now, um, not really a creative name for this topic 
or this segment, but just it's the off season. We've been waiting to talk about potential players they could bring in. Top five. Top five. All right. You want to give your list first or you want me to give mine? You give yours first. I did my buy sell trade first. All right. We're gonna start with number five for me. We'll alternate. We'll trade fives. All right. My number five is this is an interesting one to start with because it's it's I he should be higher on the list if you're going by talent, but just in all you know realism, it's just not going to happen. Josh Donaldson, number five, not going to happen. It, it's not, and it's and sad. It's, it's sad because he should be someone the Pirates look into. But there's so many reasons why they won't because this front office they never like to admit failure. And if they sign a third baseman, it would be oh well we're we're pretty much admitting. I mean if they sign like. Jung Ho back, you know, it's okay. We're platooning with thing. Moran, but like if you sign Josh Donaldson, you're not platooning him. No, like, yeah, Moran. Moran so, is getting kicked out. Yeah, Moran, you're just admitting that like this was a failed piece that we got for Garrett Cole. Josh Donaldson is a player that is, I have his fan graphs thing open right now. It's expecting to get a three year deal, average of about 18 to 19 million dollars a year, which is. I think a little high for someone who's 33 years old, especially after, you know, having a tough year last year with the injury and whatnot. But, I mean, I I don't think that that's ridiculously unfair of a deal. That would be a very good deal for Josh Donaldson. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm expecting him to get a show-me one-year deal, probably with someone like St. Louis. So if it's a one-year deal, well, let's go with that. Let's go If it's with a one-year deal, I would go up to would $20 you, million. Yeah, would you go two years, $40 million for Josh Donaldson? He'll be 33 and 34 during those years. I would give him one year $20 million. I'm What not... about one year with a club option in the second year? It wouldn't be a club option. Let's be real here. It's player Josh option. Donaldson's contract that he's going to get this year is going to be a one-year deal worth $20-ish million, and it comes with a player option for the same amount next but year. But here's my thing, and this is going to sound like, a, again, stereotypical Yenzer. You've cut payroll. You do, they have money. They have honestly, money. And like honestly, I don't want to sign him to that three-year deal. Yeah, because of Hayes. He's gonna be who I'm on. I'm all on board the hype train. Of who? Cabron Hayes. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, am yeah. all aboard the hype train, and that's why whenever I look at Donaldson, it's like I will give him all the money for one year. I was gonna say, two. but Hayes is my 2020 third baseman. Yeah, I, I, it's like if you do the one-year thing, like I guess maybe if you're looking, let's go off your thing, the one-year. The Pirates are in limbo right now. They're a little bit above 500, right? They finished three games above, two games above, whatever it was. So they're looking for something, a shot in the arm to get them over the next level. Josh Donaldson can be that player. And once they add him, he's the middle of the lineup guy. He's playing better defense than Colin Moran probably ever will. You know, he helps you defensively, he helps you offensively. He is a guy who's played in big postseason series. He's a leader in your clubhouse. You have him for one year. Maybe he wants to stay back. Maybe he doesn't. But after that one year, once they get back to where they were in 13 through 15, that's when you have a better idea of the team around. That's when your ticket sales go up, and that's when your money starts coming in again. Josh Donaldson could be... You know, one of the main things that could get them back to where they need to be to start being competitive again. I love that idea. And again, like I said, you have money. $20 million a year and the Pirates is just a sentence that will never, you know, they'll never belong together in. 
And it stinks because, you know, if it was 2015, I would understand that. But they've got rid of all their expensive players. Mm-hmm. So they could make this deal. If they did, it would be the only, pretty legitimately the only acquisition they did make that offseason, aside from minor league deals and yeah. maybe like crap trades. But I don't know. That's my number five. I'm going to do number four, and then you can do five and four. All right. Okay? Um, number four, I'm going to go with Brian Dozier. I know that he's definitely going to be on your list, Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, I have him a little lower on my list, but Dozier is um, he's, he's an average fielder, I think. He is uh, an experienced guy. He's got a good bat. What do I have him here on my big board? Uh Got to find his name. No one yeah. made a big border free agent. Yeah, I do. I do. He, he, you know, he had a he had a WAR close to one last year. He's someone I think you could play him at first base as well, probably. Probably. Uh, you know, nine to twelve million, much more in the Pirates' price range. He's a good player. I just think there are better options at his position. So those are my. That's my five and four. Alex, give me your five and four. All right. Just so I know the rules, are trades allowed? In this, sure. It's okay. Yeah. Sure. Then my number five is Sonny Gray. Okay. Who uh, Cashman said this week, basically, like, I don't want him. Yeah. Screw him. Screw Sonny Gray. I don't want him anymore. I can't believe I gave up all those prospects for him. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the Yankees are so anti-fastball. It's it's crazy. And Sonny Gray is a fastball pitcher. Mm-hmm. This seems like the easiest reclamation project, you know, that the Pirates have ever been given. Or could acquire this easily. The only difficulty around him is then you've either a got to put Ivan Nova in the bullpen, or you got to trade him. So you have to basically play musical chairs. Yeah. At that point, which eh, it could be difficult, but well, you know, well, well, Sonny Gray, I think, is going to be maybe not an ace anymore. I don't know if Sonny was ever really an ace, but you want to talk about a strong number two pitcher? I think he could be that. And, you need a and if he does that, that again. He's a lefty, correct? He's a righty. Oh, I thought he was a lefty. No. Yeah. I no always one. think guys are lefties. I don't know why. Are you lefty? Nope. Oh, that would have explained it. Continue. Yeah, but I, I like him. I think a rotation, putting him as your number four behind Archer, Tyon, Williams, and have him fight with you, Musk, with Musgrove, who's the four and who's the five, I think that's a very solid rotation right there. Uh, number four is an ex-pirate. Of mine, or not of mine. Of all of us. Of all of us. Mm-hmm. We are all one. Uh, it's uh, Justin Wilson. I think the bullpen is very strong, but without Edgar Santana, they He's could... a lefty. Edgar... Yeah, Justin Wilson. Yes, yes, Justin Wilson is a lefty. Bam. Mark it down. And that's part of my selling point, because Rich Rod did a great job uh, stopping lefty batters last year, mm. but I still want a lefty in the bullpen that's not Stephen Brault and that's not Vasquez. Yeah. And I think Wilson could be that. Walk rate is ticked up, but, you know, still strong strikeout numbers. How much are you going to pay for Justin Wilson? I, he's kind of being— Two million? More than that. Three million? If, if, I'm thinking like a one-year deal at Daniel Hudson money. Let's How old like is five. he? Probably about 30. Yeah. You gotta look it up. Justin Wilson left town. People forget he was a part of that Cervelli trade, wasn't he? He was the Cervelli trade. It was a yes. one for one, and that's, that's that ended a good up deal. being a good deal. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you should trade your relief pitchers. Our, our awkward Yankees catchers phase. 
You know, everyone has that awkward He's 31. Yeah. We just kept going through Yankees catchers. Well, they were all good. Russell Martin, Stu. Yeah. Cervelli. Cervelli. I mean, I think they could use another lefty. Jake Diekman is another guy. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I've already sung his praises before. You don't need to get a big name lefty in there, but just guy come in on a one or two year deal. Probably the most realistic move the parts would make, you know, this off season. Yeah. Bring it in a bullpen arm. Give me your number three. Uh LeMayhew. Okay. Is he on your top five or Yeah, I'll go into him more. Yeah. All right, so... I, I, I'll save I'll just do my LeMayhew a bit the same way you did Dozier. Uh great defense. Great, Buddy. great defense. Just you picked up it. another gold glove. Yep. And you know what? The no infield last year was garbage defensively. Adding a gold glove to the mix would mean a lot. Yep. Uh, the sure offense would. is just bonus at that point. Sure would. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go my three and two, and I'll let you go two and one. Yeah. Um, my number three is someone that uh, I, I believe you wrote about this guy, or it might have been Jason. Uh, Jose Iglesias. Jason did. Jason wrote about him. Yeah, yeah and I, I read that. I, I can't piece. <laughs> um, Say your piece. Uh, J- uh, Jose Iglesias, you know, 29 years old. He's probably like the youngest out of all the players the Pirates are going to consider this offseason, if you think about it. Uh, I mean, you look, I mean, all the names you see here, LeMayhew, Cabrera, Moustakis, Gonzalez, Dozier, Iglesias, Pierce, Para, Walker, Murphy, Donaldson, Kung, Gray, Wilson. I mean, all of these guys are in their early 30s. You know, or or thirty at the very least. Iglesias, twenty nine years old. He had a two point five WAR, two thousand eighteen. He's very affordable. Eight million dollars a year is what they're expecting him to get to eight and a half. Uh, and he's looking for a three three four year deal. I would sign him for three years. But the thing with him is, I like him because of his defense. Obviously, obviously, uh, because there's not a lot of strikeout pitchers on this roster. I. I mean, it goes without saying. You need to have a good, a very good glove up the middle. Yeah. And if they believe Kramer and Newman can be that combination, that's fine. But exactly the way your face is, and like the, Dickerson shows that, was, that they that can was get better. Just muscle reflex right there. They that can, wasn't voluntary. Okay, but I think that, and rather than letting them learn at the same time, you platoon those two at second base. You get a shortstop. Where you can pretty much, he can have, you know, he can be their primary guy. He could be their, he would be their Clint Barmas, but just better. And I think a little bit better on offense than Clint Barmas. Not much better, but a little bit better. He's affordable. The only con, obviously, he's not really fixing your offense problem at all. Not not in the no. slightest. He's probably a worse offensive player than Jordy Mercer. Yeah. He, he feels like people thought Jordy Mercer fields... But he hits the way people think Jordy Mercer hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that he would be an upgrade nonetheless. Yeah. If, and if I saw the Pirates... Let, let me give it to you this way. He's someone that if the Pirates got, I'd be excited. But I would say, okay, that's not enough. We need to get someone else. Yeah. And An not, auxiliary piece. Yes. He's, he is the stuffing. For Thanksgiving. A very nice thing. But without a turkey, you're going to be like, well, okay, we really didn't have Thanksgiving. You know? This is not the Thanksgiving episode. I know, but I mean, it's on my mind. (laughs) 
Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving forward, my number two is Marwin Gonzalez. And I know you're not high on this guy, Alex, uh, but the thing that sells me on Marwin Gonzalez is his versatility. He is someone who quite literally can play every single position on the diamond, yeah. uh, aside from pitcher and catcher. And probably uh, could do that too. Probably if you really could. Wanted to. Yes, if you, if I mean, yeah, if they really needed him to. Um, he's someone that I think the pirates, pirates should look for a player like him, in the sense where. If you look at teams that are doing well, they have, like, Ben Zobris and the Cubs is the perfect example, where whenever someone gets hurt, Ben Zobris is essentially the answer, where they will plug him. Or Javi Baez, I guess, in a sense, too, where, you know, he was the second baseman for a while, he was the third baseman for a while, their shortstop does bad things, and he's their shortstop now, and... That's the Pirates need that, and they ha- I guess they have that with Adam Frazier. But Marwin Gonzalez is a guy who can bring a little bit more power. You know, uh, he had a war of one, uh, he's projected to have a war of 1.7 uh, this year. I know last year he had around like 16 or 17 home runs. I mean, he was he was a part of the Houston Astros lineup for the last past two years, which was one of the best offenses in baseball. You know, and he's someone you can hit him literally anywhere in the lineup, top to bottom. You could play him anywhere in the field. And that's perfect for what the Pirates have right now, where you can start Kramer one day, you could start Newman one day, you could start Moran one day, you could play him in right field while Polanco's still hurt. You could, you can, it just allows them to be flexible with the, with the roster that they really do have. And Gonzalez, Gonzalez is a guy who probably shouldn't be playing shortstop every single game. He shouldn't be playing second base every single game. But you can play him in those spots for 10, 15 games a year. And altogether, he could play 140 games a season for you. He doesn't really have a huge injury history, I believe. He's 30 years old. It looks like he is going to be looking for something around, you know, the same price of the other people we talked about, 10 to $13 million. Um, I'm all for it. Just the versatility. This is like Sean Rodriguez, but actually a good baseball player. I was just about to bring up Sean Rodriguez because I get a check every time mm-hmm. I say him you on do. this show. I beat you to it. Yeah, thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just said that I want more positionless baseball. Yeah. So you look at a guy like Marwin, it's like, oh, man, Alex is going to love this guy. <sighs> Marwin Gonzalez has had one year in his career where he was worth two war. I know. I know. There's there's a lot to get excited about. It. Like, yeah, he is an above average bat, and he can play all over the field. It, that's more valuable than two war, probably by itself. Mm-hmm. That's where if you... You, why you shouldn't always just be a slave to war. I mean, actually analyze the player, but if he gets four years, which I've seen a couple people project. Fangrass has three. Th- yeah, it's basically everyone's saying three or four years, and I don't know if I would go that far. I'd I, give him I, two. I would do, I would, he's I would someone give, you could do a club option with for the third year, I bet. I, okay, I'll, I'll even make that a mutual option for him. Okay. I'll be a tape sport. And then... Yeah, and I would give him. I would give him up to but like honest, eleven. Honestly, I looked at what did Shadrod get? He got like two, twelve, thirteen in that range. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I mean, a little more than that, somewhere between what Shadrod got in free agency and what Ben Zobris got as an AAV over uh, two years. On a Sunday in May, I would much rather see Marwin Gonzalez batting cleanup than. 
Colin Moran. Oh, yeah. Or Josh Bell. He, he would be an upgrade. He would be, yeah. honestly, if we look, he would be an upgrade at third base. He would be an upgrade at shortstop. He would be an upgrade probably at first base. He'd second be an upgrade base. Sec, second base also. Assuming right that field. Frazier is not penciled in at second base. Yeah. Frazier would still be better. But, yeah. He makes the team better. He makes the team better. More, he's very, I, I would also probably put him in my stuffing Thanksgiving analogy, mm-hmm. where he, if you get him, he can't be like a Josh Donaldson, where, all right, we're good for the offseason, we signed Marwin Gonzalez. Like, no. you need to sign someone, probably a little bit more affordable, you can't sign like two, I don't imagine them signing like two players for 11, like $11 million a year type players. No. It'd be great if they did. It would certainly make them it, a very good baseball team. They would, but it, like a they're twenty not million going dollar to. investment. Yep. So all they need to really cement themselves, go into the next year, and be like, we're going to be in this playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, if they if they get Marwin, then then they would have to. It'd be like Marwin and Justin Wilson. And yeah. That's not a bad off season. That's a, that'd be a great off season right there. All right, give me your two, and your one. My number two is Mike Mustakis. This is me uh, prioritizing power over OBP. Low OBP guy. One of the better power-hitting third basemen around, though. In which, you know, we are just stupidly stacked with third basemen right now Mm -hmm. across baseball. So whenever Moose is one of the best, that's saying something. And, you know, just for giggles, I went to Baseball Savant, and I looked at his fly balls, and I just put up overlay to PNC Park. He hit 10, 10 fly balls last year that were not home runs that would have been home runs in PNC Park. What, he hit like 40 home runs this year? He hit a lot. He hit a lot of home runs. He hit, I think, 38 in 2017. So close to there. He He's a power hitter. And this the lineup needs a power hitter, a power bat. And he's going dirt cheap. No one is expecting anything from him. I think the most I saw was like a two-year 20... 28 home runs. 28. I was significantly off. But he hit 38 the year before. Yes. You, you, you were thinking of that. It's yes. But he's a real power threat. And he could be had for two years. And he wouldn't really be blocking Hayes. No. It's It's the type of guy that I'm looking for. A real upgrade. He is a guy who makes your team better, makes your lineup better. And if... He's still good and still wants to play in Pittsburgh. By the time Hayes is up, we could move him to first, first base. base. Yep. yep. If your buddy Josh Bell doesn't learn how to hit home runs again. Good luck, Eckstein, man. Good luck. That is a project and a half right again, there. Again, he's in the same price range as every, pretty much every other player aside from Josh Donaldson. And I guess Wilson because he's you know a relief pitcher. But every position player that we've talked about has been... And that's honestly... Unless you're talking about like Harper or Muchado or Donaldson, every other position player free agent, maybe Adam Jones is going to be a little bit higher. They're going to be anywhere from like ten to fifteen million dollars a year. That's that, and they're not going to be much cheaper. They're not going to be much more expensive. Every other name besides you know Donaldson, Muchado, and Harper, that's what you're going to get position player wise. Yeah, yeah, and there's a bulk load of guys you could choose from. I'm. To name other ones, like Azdrubal Cabrera is someone who's coming off yeah. of career home runs. He didn't make my list. I don't think he made yours. He did not. Um, but there's Daniel Murphy is someone. Like, all of these guys. Murphy seems like, okay, he can't field at all. But no. you know what? He cannot field at first base, too. Yeah. And uh, who else is it? Ian Kinsler. 
good fielder. Yeah. But I mean, he's like 35, 36 years old, yeah. maybe even older. Um, but like all of these guys, and Moustakis falls into that pay range. And I think out of everyone who has that kind of financial value, Moustakis is near the top as far as baseball yeah. value, production value. Yeah. Um, he's he's going to hit you a lot of home runs. And how long, how long have the Pirates just desperately needed? They've had one. They would not be finishing it at the bottom in no. the home run. No, race they wouldn't. Like, when is the last time they've had a legitimate cleanup hitter? Think about it. I mean, does... Pedro doesn't count. Pedro doesn't count because he didn't hit home runs in the cleanup spot. Okay, fair it was enough. in the four. It was in the sixth. Uh, Craig Wilson. You're going Craig Wilson over Pedro Alvarez. Craig Wilson batted fourth. He hit thirty home runs. Ah, uh, uh, Reggie. Reggie Sanders. Did he bat fourth? We're getting to, like, third grade Noah Hiles right here. <laughs> it was uh, Kenny Lofton leadoff. Oh, damn. I think Jack Jason Wilson. Ken- Jason Kendall would have batted second. Okay, so. Oh, Jack Kendall. Jack probably batted eighth on that team. Probably did. Okay. So, Kendall second. Brian Giles is third. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be Reggie. Yeah, and then Aramis Ramirez fifth. Yeah. Might have been Ramar- It might have been A Ram. You're right. You're, yep. And if that's if that's the case, a twenty-one year old, yeah, twenty-one year old Aramis Ramirez who's been out of baseball for three years. That's the last time the Pirates had a good cleanup hitter. Mike mm-hmm. Mustakis could be that guy. Yeah, he could. Ten fly balls that weren't home runs were home runs at PNC Park last year. I'm just saying. And he's an above average defender. Yes. So, but that, again, that'll never happen. No. I just don't see it happening because for them. But what to happens sign- if his market just? falls apart again. Like well, I'm just saying they won't sign a primary third baseman because they're not going to give they, up on They weren't going to sign an outfielder and then Corey Dickerson fell they on the They had lap. a spot in the outfield. Like they didn't believe they don't have they, kind they did of not have as much on the line for Frazier and Luplo as they do for Moran because Moran I, 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 I don't think Moran, Moran is really that much. Musgrove is the guy. No, it's, but no, you but have to think of the Cole trade as Cole for Musgrove. Two years of Cole for five years of Musgrove and, uh, and Feliz prospect and Reynolds, Moran and uh, Martin, Martin are just auxiliary pieces. And if they work out, that's more in your See, favor. I felt like while Musgrove is clearly the best player they got. I felt like it was 50-50. Like, we got a good pitcher, and we got our starting third baseman. Yes, and, that's what it was And initially, I don't feel but... like they're they're not going to admit that, hey, Colin Moran isn't a starting third baseman. They're not going to admit that I, yet. I think they would admit it. If if Mike Moustakis came knocking on the door and said, I will sign with you for $10 million a year. If they sign Mike Moustakis, I'll eat a... Call Moran baseball card. <laughs> We're gonna be running out We're of just baseball, gonna eat cards, all the baseball cards. Yes, twenty three men to go. No, on I mean this that would make sense, but I, I didn't even put them. I just don't see them signing a third baseman or a first baseman. It, it's and they they're should. not signing anyone here. They this should. Is a, this is this is, yeah, this is a sick exercise. joke. Yeah. This is a sick joke. No, but I, I and you know what? If they're not gonna sign anyone, my big fish of who they're not gonna sign is Brian Dozier. That's that's your number. That's one? That's my number one. All right, I. Guys who hit 40 home runs, just 40 home run second basements aren't available at free agency. Gay playing in the background while you're talking right now. <laughs> 40, <laughs> 40 home runs second baseman are not available in free agency ever. Nope. 
40 home run second baseman are not looking for 10 million ish dollars a year contracts especially on like a one year deal What's one or catch? two year deal the the catch is he had a bad year this year he had a real bad year he was hurt he changed his mechanics it was a bad year if you take away that year and i know you can't take away that year can't do it. you can't do it take away Josh Bell last year he's a guy who hit 26 homers as a rookie there <laughs> you go face of the franchise i think this guy is going to bounce back. This is my safest bet of looking at players. Oh, like this guy is going to be back to comparable what he was in 2017. This is an all-star level second baseman that could be had well within budget. That doesn't block anyone. That gives you power in the lineup. That takes you from fringe about 500 ish to a playoff contender. And his name is DJ LeMayhew. That is no. my guy. Oh that my is my God. guy. You just said everything I wanted to say, and his name is DJ LeMayhew. That's who it is. He's going to cost the same as Dozier, maybe a little bit more. He's a better fielder. He's a top of the order bat. Another thing the Pirates have desperately needed is a leadoff hitter. They tried literally everyone. They tried every Robbie Iswakowski was scheduled to bat leadoff in game 162 against the Marlins that they canceled. I saw I the card. I would have paid for that. I, I saw the card. That. But no, I mean, they need a leadoff hitter. Oh, my God. You LeMay, can bat could be that guy. leadoff. Uh, we, you can bat Dozier. Yeah, I know we could. <laughs> but, like, I'm just saying, if we're choosing between Dozier and LeMahieu, I'm going with the guy who didn't have a bad year last year or the year before or the year before. LeMahieu, I know his numbers. He played in Colorado. Uh, but, like, he's, like... A gold glove second baseman. It's a 40 home run, a guy who's hit 40 home runs multiple times Mm. as a second baseman. And I think Dozier also has a gold glove. Uh, Probably probably didn't deserve it, but I think he also has one. I don't know. I'm just, I'm way higher on LeMayhew just because of the defense and he's younger and I I, I just, he's the perfect fit. He is the perfect fit. He's someone who's affordable. I think he's just a better baseball player than Brian Dozier. Maybe his numbers, yeah, his numbers do get the Colorado inflation, but I don't know. That's my guy. That's my guy. That's who I want. You want LeMahieu because he's going to make your five starting pitchers better. I want Dozier because he's going to make my other seven guys in the lineup better. Look at Marte's offensive numbers when he has production in the leadoff spot, when you're batting him second. Yeah. He completes the order. I mean, Dozier, I guess, is that cleanup guy, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, we have a middle-of-the-order hitter with Polanco. I don't know. Who's going to be missing yeah, anywhere right. between two weeks to two months. I just want, I would rather have, you love fan graphs, right? Yes. Where do they have, let's see where they have LeMahieu ranked. Dozier's like 36, I just saw. Again, criminal. Criminal. Criminal wonder. LeMahieu's 23rd. Okay. Two years younger, just a, uh, he's a beast. He's a beast. I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll gladly take him. And, I mean, he, he gets on base. Uh, yeah, that's that's my guy. That's my guy. So that's my number. So Alex's one through five goes Dozier, Moustakis, LeMahieu, Wilson Gray. Mine goes LeMahieu, Gonzalez, Iglesias, Dozier, Donaldson. Uh, feel free to... Th- Tell us what you think. Yeah, what's your top five? I just said why. Top... Oh, the followers, uh, it, the listeners. Okay, I'm talking to them. I forget people listen to this. I don't blame you. Yeah. Why do you listen to this? Yeah. We're awful. No, 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 no. 
Alex is off. I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um, Alex, real quick, uh, we've gone super long on this third part, but I think we've done all right. Um, yard sales. There's going to be some blow it up. There's going to be some teams blowing it up this offseason. Um, and two of the teams possibly blowing it up are teams that won a lot of games this past year. The Diamondbacks and the the Mariners. And even the Indians, possibly. Indians, three teams. So out of all those three teams, one of them is a division winner. The other two teams, uh, they, you know, they missed the playoffs, but for a large chunk of the year, were in postseason contention. Who has, you know, the most attra- attractive yard sale? Oh, Cleveland, by far. But I mean, yeah, that's they live in the nicest neighborhood, I guess. Like you know, yeah. they have the nicest stuff there. But are they going to be willing to sell? Who do you think the Indians are really going to sell Kluber? No, I don't think they're going to trade anyone. I think I, I think, think they might is... deal Edwin. The Indians? Yeah, just because they're losing a lot of their team through free agency, and oh, okay. they're going well, to. I don't to know if anyone would, would really. I think someone would take Edwin. because he's only got I, one I said more Mariners and I heard Edwin. It's like oh, Diaz. No. Oh man, he'd get a ton, but no, I, think I, I don't think Edwin would... really wants Edwin. I think someone would take him on a one-year deal. Because he's only I got guess. one year left on his deal, I he's, think. And then I guess it's like and a club that, option. Yeah, and then that, that clears up it's payroll just so for much them to money. go. It's just so much money. How about this, Cleveland? Pretend you have the All-Star game, and you're going to be hot garbage in 20... Well, not hot garbage, but the division is too easy for one more year. If they go into 2019 with the same roster that they have now, they will win the division opening day. Yeah. I mean, unless the White Sox really do shock the world inside Machado and Harper. <laughs> They're going to win the division. But after that, the White Sox Super Corps is going to be built back up. Uh, Tigers could be starting their rebuilding, starting to spend a lot of money to complete. It, it, the division, not to mention everyone, Bauer and Kluber and everyone else is going to start being way too expensive. I know Kluber's cost control. I but mean, they haven't with been the able to performance extend Lindor. No, they or won't Ramirez. be able to. Ex- they they already have Ramirez. I thought. I extend. thought. I thought they've offered extensions to both, and neither have officially. I said. know they didn't with Lindor. I thought yeah. they did with Ramirez. Okay. But this team is going to get mighty expensive, mighty fast. You're getting this big revenue source of free money with the All Star Game. Spend it this year, be- uh, unless they really look at the Red Sox and the Astros and say, "There's no point." There's no point. We'll win 85 games and win the division anyway because the AL Central is all sorts of terrible. Mm-hmm. And maybe baseball gods will smile upon us and we'll be better for five or seven games than those teams. But All right, so oh, final well. final thoughts, Alex. Expectations for the Pirates offseason? <sighs> Expectations? Nobody. I think that they will... They don't, they don't acquire a major league player. Twelve million dollars will be spent on worth of major league players. That will be either one major I'll take league the player. You'll take the under. I'll take the under. I, I I'm really hoping I'm wrong. I I think that they're ridiculous if they don't spend at least fifteen. Personally, but they 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 need to. They should. But I think I would take the under. Whose baseball card should I eat if they <laughs> take the under? tweet it, Alex? Tweet it, Alex, uh, as to whose baseball card uh, you want him to eat. Are they sure edible? Give... I, I mean, anything's edible if <laughs> you're able to eat it. If you're brave enough. Yeah. Um, 
Alex, you can follow him on Twitter at Alex J Stump. You can follow me on Twitter as well. Noah underscore Hiles 95. Follow uh, our channel on Twitter at River Blast Radio. We'll uh, we'll be bringing you a whole bunch of different stuff throughout the offseason. Um, and uh, yeah, more more good things to come. Um, Alex, any final remarks? I said Sean Rodriguez, right? Yes, you did. Okay. Then I got nothing. All right. Well, Brian thanks. Dozier is better than LeMahieu. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Let's go, Bucks.